just want to start off the interview by thanking you for coming on and for anyone of the listeners that are on the podcast that may not have heard about you before, could you kind of give us a snippet of your story and your background and ultimately, you know, what got you to where you are today? Sure. I spent about 20 years in Silicon Valley. I, it turns out an early in my career, I was the first person to sell anything over the internet before there was a name for this thing called e-commerce. And I went on to be a co-founder of part of the company that held Google's first server when it was just Larry and Sergey and a couple of servers. I made $6 million when I was 26. I lost $6 million when I was uh, 28, which wasn't so fortunate. But along the way, I hit 300 pounds and worked out an hour and a half a day, six days a week. I cut my calories to between 1,500 and 2,000 calories a day, ate a low-fat high carb diet, all the stuff you're supposed to do. And at the end of 18 months of just beating myself up in the gym, I still weighed 300 pounds. I was fat. I could max out every machine, but I couldn't lose the weight. And I looked at my friends at Carl's Jr., believe it or not, they're eating double Western bacon cheeseburgers. I'm eating the salad with no dressing. And I realized I work out more than anyone I know. I eat less than anyone I know. And I'm the fattest one in the room. Maybe it's not that I'm not trying hard enough. Uh, Maybe it's just that this crap doesn't work. So I went on an odyssey. I tried all kinds of different diets, but keep in mind, I'm an engineer. I'm an expert in complex systems. I have a a degree in a subset of artificial intelligence. And I look at things called event correlation. Like if this happens over here, how do we know what else happened over here? So I started taking these computer hacking techniques and I aimed them at myself and I started getting the data and I soon became the president and chairman of an anti-aging nonprofit research group that I've now headed for almost 20 years. And throughout this path, I got to know hundreds of the top experts in living a very long time or performing better or expert nutritionists or professional sports trainers and learned from all of them. And eventually I lost 100 pounds of fat. I've been a raw vegan. I've done all sorts of things. And I came up with the Bulletproof Diet, which is uh, something people can download for free. Uh, you can get the book on Amazon, certainly, but the roadmap for the Bulletproof Diet, you can go to bulletproof.com and just search for roadmap and we'll let you download it. You can put it on your fridge and it tells you in one page, an infographic, here's the foods that make you feel great. These are the Bulletproof foods. These are high in the right kinds of fat because fat is not good or bad. It depends what kind of fat it is and whether you damaged it. And then there's a set of foods that cause trouble for some people and they're fine for other people. And those are suspect foods. They're all assumed guilty until proven innocent. And then there's a set of kryptonite foods. Like if you're a human and you want to perform well, then don't eat them. If you're starving to death, then you might choose to eat them, but they're just not food in a traditional sense. When you do this, every meal you eat for the rest of your life is now somewhere on that roadmap. You just get to decide where do you want to be? What neighborhood do you want to live in? So it takes away perfection. It takes away stress and it gives you very clear guidelines on what to eat. It also tells you when to eat. I'm one of the first guys to talk about intermittent fasting, especially this new concept I created called Bulletproof Intermittent Fasting, where you use my creation, which is Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof Coffee is Bulletproof lab-tested coffee beans that are free of some things that give you jitter and crashes and, and sugar cravings that are in normal coffee. So you make special coffee, you brew it, then you blend it with butter instead of milk, and it's grass-fed butter, and you add something called brain octane oil, which is available across Canada and the U.S. at uh, at Whole Foods and a whole variety of other retailers, all the natural products places. And brain octane oil puts your body in fat-burning mode and turns off hunger hormones in a way that's dramatic and very noticeable. So you do this for breakfast, 
and you feel amazing and you just stop caring about food. So cravings go away. Last year, there were 48 million cups of Bulletproof coffee served. And Bulletproof has raised almost $30 million from Silicon Valley venture capital firms. And we are a rapidly growing company that won uh, the Forbes list of the top 25 most innovative brands last year. That's amazing. Congrats. I, thank you. I remember actually being in LA. I was, uh, you're friends with Lewis Howes as well, right? I see all oh, I love Lewis. Podcast. Yeah, awesome Lewis guy. Great. I think it was about two years ago and I was there for his book launch for his first book. And I hear all these people talking about this biohacking. You guys can't see me, but I'm quoting right now because I've never heard about this biohacking. And it's a conference that was happening in LA and you know they were talking about this guy named Dave Asprey who was in charge of this conference and I was like what the hell is biohacking <laughs> and because I was just so out of the league and I think a lot of people that are outside of the LA and particularly that are entrepreneurs that may not have been so fascinated by nutrition and health may not have even heard about biohacking. Tell us a little bit about what biohacking is and what really got you interested in, in experimenting and spending over a million dollars from what I've heard on just experimenting on yourself. Yeah, I forgot to mention that part. I did spend a million dollars on upgrading myself in all sorts of different ways. One of the things I wanted to do when I decided to leave the world of technology and literally my last job after a string of different startups and all is I was head of global evangelism for one of the largest computer security companies out there. So I literally was a computer hacker by training. And the idea of, of hacking isn't you know, to break in and, and to commit crimes. It's to take control of the system. So I was looking for a, a, a word that would describe what I did, because it's not anti-aging. It's not health. It's not wellness. It's none of those things. Instead, is look, I want my body to do what I want it to do. And I want limitless energy. I want to always know I can bring it when, when life demands something or I just choose to do something. I also am actively working on living to be 180 years old or more. In fact, I was just featured in Men's Fitness next to uh, some pretty well-known guys like Aubrey de Grey and uh, Peter Thiel. <laughs> People yeah. who are looking for these big goals. I was like, wow, that's, that's some pretty rarefied air there. But what's what's going on here is different people have different goals, but what we all have in common is this desire to, to have control. So I wanted to unite bodybuilding and anti-aging and U.S. Army Special Forces and high-performance athletes. All of us have different goals, but we're all using the same techniques. So instead of trademarking the term, I wrote the definition and turned it into a community term that, that anyone can use. And I run the Bulletproof Biohacking Conference, which has about 3,000 people uh, a year. It's October 13th through 15th this year in Pasadena. It'll be our fifth time going up from 100 people at the first conference five years ago. So it's just exploded. And the definition of biohacking that I wrote is... It's the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside of you so they have full control of your own biology. And the idea is your body doesn't really listen to you very well, but it sure listens to the world around you. Since you can change the world around you in an unprecedented way, you can choose what goes into your body. You can choose your lighting environment, your temperature environment, when you exercise, when you sleep, how you sleep, all these things. What if you just change some of those things that your body will do what you want it to do? You just have to know what changes to make. So it's a new way of controlling things. And this goes as deep as controlling what genes get turned on and off by the environment around you. And that's why I wrote Headstrong, this latest book. How do you turn on the genes? How do you turn on the energy production parts of your brain? So you have more energy every day and you can be smarter. Absolutely. And so I'm curious to know, you've probably heard thousands or, or hundreds of different stories that have come from real people that have either used some of the Bulletproof brands or have you taken some of the advice that you've had. I recently just started taking my health seriously, 
which is the reason why we wanted to have you on. We just recently had Kelly Levesque on, who's like the health coach for Jessica Alba and a lot of different A-list celebrities. And I, re- you know, I grew up where my grandma would tell me that instead of eating an apple a day, which is commonly rephrased here, you would eat a bowl of rice a day and that would keep the doctor away. And there's a lot of misconception that I think that I grew up around. And I, I got to say, I definitely have been studying a lot of the things that you've recommended that I've heard a lot and it's genuinely improved the quality of, of my life. And I'm curious to know, what are some of the big changes that people have implemented, maybe a tactic or a strategy uh, around some of the experiments that you've done that you think have, have made the biggest impact in people's energy or their cognitive functions or productivity? The number one thing, and I don't want to sound like I'm promoting my own stuff. I, I can tell you, Sean, I won't change my life if you do or don't drink bulletproof coffee. But I'll tell you, it was the first blog post I wrote when I decided to kind of come out of the closet as a biohacker and talk about smart drugs and all those things I've done. If you try a real cup of bulletproof coffee with brain octane oil in it that very first day, the voice in your head that tells you to always worry about where the next croissant's coming from and where the bowl of candy is, it'll shut the hell up. And about a third of your mental energy, and that is not based on a scientific number, that's just an estimate, but a third of your energy is constantly in the back of your mind going, where's the next food? Where's the next food? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I don't have enough energy. If you finally get enough energy from burning fat, which is what that brain octane oil does, all the energy that was worrying about food stops worrying about food and you can do something else with that energy. And it's to the point that uh, really Bulletproof took off with entrepreneurs and developers in Silicon Valley and stock traders and Wall Street guys in New York and celebrities in Hollywood. And all of these people are looking for the maximum focus. They have to look good in Hollywood. They have to be able to remember their lines. They have grueling lifestyles because you know 12 hours under hot lights. Meanwhile, you have to be bouncy and look good and do whatever you're supposed to do. Or Wall Street, you wake up in the middle of the night, constant stress, Silicon Valley, focus, focus, focus. These are the the highest performing people who aren't necessarily pro athletes or triathletes or football players. Uh, But all of those populations are also using Bulletproof as well now. But it took off there. It's to the point that a major tech company uh, based up in the Seattle area has eight Bulletproof coffee locations on campus because their developers write better code when they have this stuff. So I'll just tell you, this is the biggest hack out there. It's why there were 48 million cups of coffee sold. But let me tell you some other stuff that it's not not just coffee. And this isn't just coffee, it's special coffee, but you know what I'm saying. One of the things that actually actively makes me mad is when people say, oh, just get more sleep. Seriously, how about this? Get better sleep. For the last five years, and I monitor my sleep every night, and I have for almost a decade now. But for the last five years, I've had an average of six hours and five minutes of sleep per night. The people who live the longest sleep six and a half hours per night. They live longer than people who sleep eight hours a night. Now, that's not to say you should go out and cut your sleep. That's not a good idea. What I'm telling you is the people who are going to live the longest are the healthiest, and healthy people need less sleep. So what if you made your sleep quality the goal instead of the amount of sleep you get? Wouldn't that be amazing? So let me tell you how to hack your sleep. And this, by the way, is all in Headstrong because one of the things that happens during sleep is the energy system in your body, which is called your mitochondria, about 10% of your body weight, but a quadrillion ancient bacteria that are distributed through your system, they reorganize themselves. It's like a hard drive defragging or the a battery uh, reorganizing itself so it'll hold the charge better. You do that at night. So this is going to sound really crazy, but what if you just got blackout curtains <laughs> and you actually blacked out the street lights that are coming in? Because we've changed our lighting environment right now 
to the point that you're staring at a white screen all day. You're staring at a screen before bed. You have LED lights throughout your house. LED lights make light the same way the cells in your body make light. And your cells use light to communicate with each other. And you drown out that signal and you ruin your sleep quality with what you're doing in your lighting environment. We evolved to have darkness when the sun goes down, just a little bit of firelight maybe, and that's it. So what I recommend you do is go in your bedroom. If your curtains don't work, get good ones, get roll down shades, black it out. You should see nothing. Go to every LED light in your room and either unplug it or tape it over. If you don't like the look of electrical tape, there's something called True Dark Dots, and I'm uh, the primary investor in that company, so this is one of my portfolio companies, but these are little optical filters you put over an LED so you can see if it's turned on or not, but it won't make the spectrum of light that disrupts your sleep. It takes almost no light to ruin your sleep. And there's also something called True Dark Glasses, and these are glasses that are a patented set of optical filters that you wear for an hour before bed that block every kind of light that's telling your body it's daytime. If you do that, you can improve the quality of your sleep. So you might need less sleep, but how you feel in the morning is even better. I was able to double the amount of deep sleep every night by changing my lighting environment, stuff like that. It, it's not hard to do, but what if you woke up every morning with more energy? Like you're a better entrepreneur, you're a better human being, a better parent, a better friend, a better boss, a better employee, all of it just from sleep quality. See, the thing I tried with that is maybe because I haven't tried long enough is I've used black curtains before personally and for me, just psychologically, I like to have like sunshine right when I wake up because I have such a hard time waking up in the morning and I need like 17 different alarm clocks. Clearly, there's something wrong with me. And I'd love to know what your thoughts are around that. Well, I'll tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> First <laughs> of all, safe. there is no rule that says you should pop out of bed uh, and jump up and like feel bright eyed and bushy tailed. There are about 15% of the population is that way. In fact, this is based on the work of Dr. Michael Bruce, who's been a guest on, on Bulletproof Radio. He wrote a book called The Power of When, W-H-E-N. And when we lived in tribes of 150 people, 15% of us had to wake up at 5 a.m. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. They took the morning guard. And 15% of us, like me, are the night people. And our job is to watch things while it's dark. And so for me, my natural bedtime is 2 a.m. And that's actually genetic and it's totally fine. So there's nothing that says that the person who wakes up early in the morning is, is better or morally superior to the person who wakes up later in the morning. Most people follow normal daytime hours and about 15% of people never sleep deeply at all. Their job is to be a backup alarm system in case a tiger comes and takes out the night guard or the morning guard. So we are, we are genetically set up to do this. So it's okay. If you don't want to wake up in the morning, here's an amazing thing to do. Set your alarm for an hour later and then you'll probably wake up. So you may just be sleeping for something that's not compatible with your circadian biology. The other thing you can do is you can have an app that figures out when you are near the top of a sleep cycle. So there's times when you're in deep sleep. There's times when you're in REM sleep, which is where you're dreaming. And then there's times when you're in light sleep. If you get roused from light sleep, you're going to wake up and feel great. If you're in the middle of really deep, kind of drugged, dark sleep, you're not going to feel good all day, and you're going to need 17 alarm clocks to wake you up. There's also a twilight place you, you go to when you wake up gently, where you have all the good ideas and thoughts and, and basically processing that downloads from what you, what you did while you were sleeping inside your brain. You're wasting that if you jolt out of bed. I prefer to have three alarm clocks and they're progressive ones that start very gently, 
you can get electronic ones. I use my iPhone on airplane mode always and on the dimmest setting. So I'm not looking at my iPhone at night or anything like that, but it's listening to my breathing. So you can, it tells when I'm asleep and when I'm in deep sleep. And then it wakes me very, very gently in a 20 minute window. So I don't have a hard time waking up that way. And how do you and, measure, uh, sorry to interrupt, how do you measure your quality of sleep so that you can understand how many hours of sleep you need and to be able to understand your REM cycle? There are a bunch of different apps and technologies for that. I've slept with EEG machines on my head for a couple of years. You don't have to do that. Currently, my favorite one is a ring called Aura, O-U-R-A. It costs two or 300 bucks. You can wear it during the day and it looks kind of like a stylish onyx ring, but inside it, there's a bunch of embedded sensors. When you wake up, it'll draw a graph and tell you exactly when you were in, in sleep like that. There's also an app for your phone I've used for about five years, which is my alarm clock. It's called Sleep Cycle. It's like five or 10 bucks. I don't know. It's, it's cheap. And what it does, it uses the microphone just to use breathing and movement to tell you what's going on when you're asleep. See, when you wake up, you can see how many times does it think I woke up and to make sure you wake up at the right time. It even records when you snore. So you know how much you're snoring. Oh, great. Maybe I don't want this app then. <laughs> uh, and I'm curious to know, you know, the, a lot of people, you know, cause I do have trouble sleeping sometimes and a lot of people are insomniacs here. I'm curious to know in order to get the highest quality of sleep, in addition to some of the things you recommended, what does the last 90 minutes, 60 to 90 minutes look like before you go to bed? The most important thing you can do before you go to bed is turn off all the lights in your house. And that's usually hard to do. I use the true dark glasses for the last uh, ideally two hours, but usually it's 60 to 90 minutes before bed. If you are going to look at a screen, this means a TV, a phone, or a computer, you must dim it as much as possible. You should be running software called Flux or maybe Iris are the two big packages out there that work. And you want as much red and as little blue as you can get in there. And ideally the glasses work better because they block out every kind of light. If you have LED white lighting in your house, do not turn that on. That alone can completely transform how you go to sleep. You will not believe it, but I run an executive brain training facility, probably the highest in one out there right now, where we have custom hardware for monitoring brain waves for high performance states. It's called 40 Years of Zen in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So we put the glasses on people, these two dark glasses, and monitor the brain waves. After 10 minutes, they go to an alpha brain state, which is the first phase of dropping down into sleep. So this signal to your brain that says it's truly dark, even though you can still see, you're tricking your brain into believing you're sitting in a pitch black room, which will make you tired. I've also been able to eliminate my jet lag this way. So lighting exposure matters. And if you have a hard time going to sleep, this will sound uh, a little bit uh, foo-foo, but try taking a warm bath. Mm. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's not something that I need to do. I, my sleep time is under three minutes always. Wow. Uh, and so this isn't something that, that I need, but it's something that helps a lot of people. Uh, other times, there's two different sleep cocktails that I recommend on the Bulletproof website. And for one group of people, um, having a little bit of the Bulletproof Collagen Protein, which is kind of a flavorless protein powder, just a little bit of that before bed with the Brain Octane Oil can give you a boost of energy that you need for sleep. If you're hungry and you're going to sleep, for some people it's ruinous. Other people eating nothing works. And for another group of people, a little bit of raw honey. By the way, if you put raw honey in hot tea, it's not raw anymore. Uh, so a little bit of raw honey. Those have specific biological effects around raising serotonin levels and helping you go to sleep. And you're just having the raw honey, like you just grab it on a spoon and yeah. then you're, you're putting it into your mouth? 
a teaspoon or two, yeah, put it in your mouth and then just have a little water with it or something if you want. And what that'll do is that'll raise liver glycogen, which is a store of carbohydrate. So a lot of people, they kind of have a hard time going to sleep because their body knows that they're not, they don't have stable blood sugar. So then they wake up at two or three in the morning, they can't go back to sleep. This can totally fix that problem. There's a, a bunch of, of supplements you can use for sleep. I manufacture one called Sleep Mode, which has an unusual mix of ingredients that help to do things like lower ammonia levels in the body. A lot of people on paleo, they're eating way too much protein uh, compared to like a bulletproof moderate to low protein, but still you know, lots of vegetables and still high fat. So people on high protein diets oftentimes have too much orexin and too much ammonia, and this can help to level that out. So I do two Sleep Mode capsules before bed. And for almost everyone, magnesium before they go to bed is a huge, huge improvement. So double down your magnesium. You'll find that that, that really affects sleep quality. It's those simple things like that. I can tell you watching the news is not something you want to do before you go to bed. Um, if, <laughs> I've been it, there. Yeah, just just if, I, if you want to live a long time and be a high-performance human being, just don't watch the news. Uh, like anything important, your friends will tell you about it. Don't worry about it. But sitting there with, you know, ticker tapes, three of them on the TV screen and someone screaming at you about how bad the world is. Look, you have a distributed system in your body that is a threat detector there to keep your meat alive, whether or not you're inside or not. It doesn't really care. So there's parts of your body that think you're just a big Petri dish and they're constantly worrying. You don't want to feed that part of your body right before bed with like stories of, you know, bad stuff happening, which is all that's in the news. Good stuff happens all the time, too. So the other practice that I would offer uh, for your listeners that profoundly changes the sleep quality and can help you fall asleep faster is something I do with my kids. And every night uh, I have a series of questions that I ask them. I'll tell you the ones that are most important for you, and I'll give you the bonus questions I ask the kids, too, that, that are, are useful but aren't necessarily just for going to sleep. I tell my kids, look, tell me three things you're grateful for. And my kids are eight and 10. And sometimes they say, I'm grateful. And we had steak for dinner or, you know, I saw my friends and sometimes it's really profound stuff, whatever's in their mind. Your job as an adult is either to write it down or just consciously spend a minute thinking about it and then feeling about it because thinking and feeling are different actions. But if you can turn on a sensation of gratitude, it is the antidote to the stress stuff that's running in your mind if you're trying to go to sleep. You cannot simultaneously be afraid and fearful at a very low-level conscious way and grateful for something. Mm -hmm. So if you have the, the what you think is the worst day of your life, I, I can tell you there's always one. I'm grateful I still have both legs. There you go. It was not the worst day of your life. You, that's just a story you're telling yourself. So finding something to be grateful for every single day will change your sleep quality. The other questions that I ask my kids is something, especially for entrepreneurs, that's terribly important. It's this. Find something during the day that was what I call a win. This is something that you worked on that you achieved. And say, great, I'm just going to identify that. I'm going to celebrate that. And I do it with my kids. And it's got to be something you worked on. It's not, oh, look, a, you know, $100 bills fell out of the sky. You didn't work on that. That's just called lucky. Be grateful for that. You didn't earn that. That wasn't an action you took. And then this is the most important part for entrepreneurs and just for humans in general, especially kids. Find something you failed at and then celebrate that. So I tell my kids, what'd you fail at today? And failure, the way I'm defining it here, is something that you worked on that didn't happen. Hmm. And my kids at first are like, what? You, you, you know, I don't like to talk about failure. It's like, no. If you didn't have anything that was a failure today, you weren't pushing limits. You weren't learning. You weren't growing. 
So I'm actually really sad that you didn't have anything that you failed at today. Maybe tomorrow you could do something so hard and so big that you'll have a chance of failing and then it'll be a really good day. And if you can embrace failure as a positive, every experiment, either it works or it doesn't work. When it doesn't work, it's not bad. It's data. When you build that in, you go to sleep like a baby. I love that. I love that. And going back to the point where you're finding a small <laughs> win, the easy way that I found to do that is work on a project that's outside of your business, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's learning a new language. So if your business isn't going well that day, at least you'll have something completely outside of your business that you can rely on and, and have a win. I'm curious to know, Dave, how does the first 60 to 90 minutes of waking up in the morning affect the quality of sleep that you have in the night? And I'm curious to know what your first 60 minutes of the early day look like. Well, the first 60 to, 60 to 90 minutes of your day can have a pretty profound effect on the rest of that day and probably less of an effect on how you sleep that night unless you're just exhausted. The thing that will ruin your day the fastest is being at the very bottom of a deep sleep cycle and then being jolted awake, whether it's by a loud alarm clock, uh, by a knee to the groin from a child, uh, whatever it is, or a text message coming in. By the way, if you're sleeping and you can be texted or reached while you're asleep, you're doing it wrong. Uh, there's nothing that won't wait unless you're like you have a baby due tomorrow or something. Turn your phone off. Be unavailable when you're asleep. You're supposed to be unavailable in your sleep. And then what do I do for the first 30 to 60 minutes of the day? It changed pretty radically since I had kids. Before I had kids, I'd wake up, I'd make a cup of coffee. I would actually do this Japanese technique which is called a vacuum pot, where there's a little alcohol lantern that boils water. And there's a little ceremony where you stir the coffee and it makes a perfect like volcano shaped cone. And it was like a beautiful ritual. Well, it takes 10 minutes to make one cup of coffee that way. And it was a mindfulness practice for me. It's You're not going to have a mindfulness practice when daddy, daddy, make fire coffee. So I don't find that that works for most people unless you wake up at you know five in the morning. And for some people, that's great. I woke up at five in the morning for two years just to kind of show myself I could do it. It was possible, but it didn't make my life better. It actually made my life a little bit worse. So I quit doing it. I wake up as late as is feasible for the things I want to do. In the first 60 minutes, I would uh, do the, the coffee thing, and then I would meditate. Different meditation, breathing practices, maybe some yoga. It's, it's really nice. And we can all like Instagram ourselves doing that, look at the sunrise. But what do I really do? Look, I have young kids. I wake up. I take my supplements that are best on empty stomach. I take a lot of smart drugs and things like that. I manufacture a bunch of them with Bulletproof now, not drugs, but uh, nutritional supplements. And then I make Bulletproof coffee with my kids for my kids. They drink it before they go to school. They get an ounce or two. I drink it and make it for my wife. And then I drop my kids off at school. And after I drop the kids off at school, then I turn my phone on. It is an airplane mode the entire time. My team cannot reach me. I'm running a, a rapid growth, sizable company, venture capital, all that kind of stuff. And I'm a Webby award-winning podcaster, New York Times author. Like I, am, I have three full-time jobs because of that, not counting being a dad and a husband. Uh, but focusing and being present in that morning time is terribly important. So if the first thing you do is look at social media, check your messages, look for text messages, you have just taken away your focus and you've given it to someone else. And worse than that, you've given it to someone who didn't even pay you for it. No one filtered those messages. No one told you they're important. They told you it was important and they reached out. Maybe it was important, maybe it wasn't, but you just forced yourself to make a decision before you had a chance to take a deep breath. So it's toxic to turn your phone off airplane mode when you wake up. Spend a half hour, spend an hour 
doing what gives you energy. And for me, it's, it's family time. And then I come home and then I spend a half hour. I stand on, on the Bulletproof Vibe, which is the whole body vibration plate. Or I do that in front of a sun tanning lamp because we're in northern uh, northern part of North America in Canada where it's dark in winter. In summer, I go for a walk. I stand outside in the sun to get sunlight in my eyes to tell my body that it's morning. If you get sunlight without sunglasses, without any lenses at all, without windows, just for 20 minutes in the morning, you will sleep better that night. So I'm telling my body, hey, listen up, all of you. That would be the cells in my body. It's morning. So start acting like it's morning. And then I might do some breathing exercises. I might hook a computer up to my head and do neurofeedback-based meditation. I might do one of the various biohacks. I have all kinds of crazy cryotherapy stuff with liquid nitrogen. And I live in a million-dollar biohacking lab. I'm, I'm very fortunate that way. Uh, and part of my goal is, is to take these things and make them broadly accessible and not a million-dollar territory, but the sort of thing that you can get because either they're so cheap there in your home or that they're available at the nearest health club, stuff that, that gives you hours of benefits in minutes instead of hours of benefits in hours. So I do that kind of stuff. And then I I go out and I do my day and I call my EA and I organize what I'm going to do. Yeah. And just hearing you mention all the things that you're doing and talking about, you know, aside from some of the things that maybe most people wouldn't have access to like cryotherapy or all these different machines that you may have looking at the sun for 20 minutes, doing a meditation practice and not looking at your phone. Those are all free. And there's really no excuse for people not to be doing those things. So I really love that. Um, And just end it off here. I want to, you know, we we talked about the end of the night. We talked about the early in the morning. The biggest struggle that I have and probably a lot of people have is when you're out at work and you're during the day, you've eaten a great breakfast. You're on this high, right? You're like, oh my God, I'm going to kill this day and it's going to be amazing. And then 1, 2, 3 p.m. comes around and your friends go out for junk food or whatnot and you just start to crash. So I'm curious to know what it's like a daily non-negotiable for you during the middle of the day, whether it's a food or whether it's a practice that you do that fuels you for the rest of the day so that we don't get that mid-afternoon crash that a lot of people get. Here's how to deal with the mid-afternoon crash that was it just plagued me when I was fat and when I didn't have good control of my biology. What you do is you look at what you did before that. And there's two giant variables to your afternoon crash. One of them is, what did you do for breakfast? There is a time lag for when you're going to crash. I will tell you flat out, if you're drinking low-quality coffee or coffee with mold in it, which is an endemic problem, especially in North America, this stuff takes a while to metabolize. And when it hits your body, your body says, I need sugar. Because it takes the sugar that should have gone into your brain, it's called blood glucose, and it shunts it to your liver and kidneys to get rid of the toxins that came. So what happens is you drink clean coffee, the lab-tested stuff, in the morning, you don't get the afternoon crash, or you look at what you did for lunch. You might try intermittent fasting, the way I describe on the website, where that oftentimes removes the crash, surprisingly, or you look at what you ate for lunch. The odds are very high that your lunch contains some of the suspect foods from the Bulletproof Diet, or worse, it had unlabeled MSG in it. There is no faster way to crash than to have aspartame or to have... MSG that's labeled or not labeled, or to have something you're allergic to in your food. And we have tons of things that you might be sensitive to that I'm not sensitive to. It might not even be an allergy. It's just flat out your body evolved to digest this kind of food, and my body didn't. All plants make toxins to keep themselves from being eaten, and different people respond to those differently. So you have to figure out, wow, I had an amazing afternoon. What did I do for breakfast? What did I do for lunch? 
Okay. I had a crappy afternoon. What did I do for breakfast? What did I do for lunch? And the odds are that that's part of it. The second thing, or I guess this is the third thing that causes a really substantial crash for people. You're sitting in an office building and the office building has LED lighting or fluorescent lighting. This is junk light. It's just like the corn syrup of lighting. This causes stress in your eyes. Your eyes have this huge number of these energy sensing, energy creating molecules called, or not molecules, they're called organelles, but they're called mitochondria. And when you stress your eyes with crappy lighting, it causes your brain to want more energy, which causes it to crash, which causes you to want sugar. So you could turn off the LED lights above you, or you could do what I do only when I'm indoors. I wear the True Dark Daywalker glasses that filter out half of the blue light that's causing this crash. I've had some great messages from Bulletproof fans who are saying, Dave, I eat the same thing for breakfast and lunch every single day, seven days a week. I don't get a crash when I'm at home on the weekends and I get a crash at work. So I finally tried the glasses and I didn't get the crash anymore. So your lighting environment can be causing your crash. But more likely than not, it's something you ate in your breakfast or in your coffee or something you ate in your lunch. Those are the big variables. You can control those. And if that doesn't work, have a shot of espresso. And when you're crashing, have some dark, dark, high-quality chocolate, just a little bit of it, rather than going for some sugary snack. You'll be amazed at the difference. What does the chocolate allow you to do if you're crashing and with the espresso? Well, caffeine is always good. And both of those foods are high in something called polyphenols. Polyphenols are signaling molecules that help the mitochondrial body make more energy. So both of them have way more polyphenols, say, than red wine, and they're both superfoods in their own right. Dark chocolate doesn't have a lot of sugar in it, but it does give you a little boost. So those are kind of the two effective ways of dealing with an afternoon crash like that. You want to have something that's high in healthy fat that has no sugar or maybe an 85% dark chocolate with a gram or two of sugar that can work just as well. Man, there's so much good information here, but I know you're running into a time stop here. I just wish you have another book coming out so we can get you back on soon. There will be another book coming, Count it. I'm planning to do about one every 18 months from here on out. So glad, so glad. So Dave, we usually end off the interview by setting up a small challenge that listeners today, those of you guys that are listening right now, can immediately go and do right after you're done listening. Or if you're listening to this at the gym or your car, right when you get home. So what's something simple that is easy to do that people that are super busy can eat, practice, or can do to improve the quality of their lives, their energy, and the brain function? This is going to be a simple, free activity. Take a piece of paper, take your journal if you have one, take the notepad you use, or if you're all digital, you can do it on your phone, but it works better if you use pen and paper, and do that gratitude practice. Find three things you're grateful for right now, and just write them down and spend one minute thinking about how incredibly freaking cool they are. Because you live in a time when you can start a company and your infrastructure will cost you $12. When I started out doing e-commerce, what you can buy for $12 cost $500,000 a month to do. I'm not even kidding, that's what it was. I wrote hundreds of deals like that. So you have the power of the universe at your fingertips. Even if you're 18 years old and you have almost no income, you are wealthier than a king from 200 years ago because you have the world's information at your access. Like it's the coolest time you could possibly think of to do anything you want to do. And if you're not feeling grateful for that and you're feeling stressed because you know, somebody doesn't like you or you're not doing as well as you think you should do, those are all just lies that your body's telling you. So tell them to shut the hell up, find something to be grateful for, write it down 
And just ponder that for a minute and you'll perform better. And what's something you're grateful for today, Dave? Today? Wow, what am I grateful for? I had grass-fed tenderloin for lunch, which I don't normally do. And it was from a cow raised by one of our friends. So it was like the most flavorful, delicious, amazing tenderloin. How awesome is that, that I get to have locally raised grass-fed beef for lunch in the middle of a work day? Like, how could you not be grateful for that? I love it. Well, we're going to link up all your information, but just in case people want to go and follow you or check out your stuff right now, what's the one place they should go right now to learn more about you and your story and the book Headstrong? You can go to bulletproof.com to get all the Bulletproof products and to look at the blog. There's got to be about a million uh, a million words written at this point. You can pick up Headstrong anywhere books are sold. And I'm Dave.Asprey on Instagram. I'm on Facebook and I post pretty frequently stuff that you'll care about. Amazing. The one and only Dave Asprey, everyone. Thank you so much, Dave, for coming on the show. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for making it all the way to the end of the show. Hope you really enjoyed our guest today and that you took one thing valuable from our conversation. If you haven't already, I would love it if you could leave a quick rating or review on whichever network you're listening to the show and share this episode with one friend if you found it valuable. And if it's something that a friend, a family member, or just someone that you care about could find a little bit of insight from what you learned today. All right. Ciao.